Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Doctor. All right, howdy guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Sorry for the uh, short little hiatus there we had for a minute, but we've been busy. Good busy, not worthless busy. Not exactly. busy for the sake of being busy, but yeah, I've been busy. Been very busy, but yeah, can't complain Just, about that. Right before you hit record, I've said, and I stand by the statement, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is your uh, co-host, Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014. This is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class 2015. And we're going to talk some baseball because we played the Sips. But we're going to talk more than just the Sip game. Of course. And we're going to talk, talk some softball because, uh, you know, conference play has started up in both leagues. Softball always starts a week earlier. Right. Um, and then, uh, obviously, we can talk some NIT just a little bit because, um, you know, there's not a bunch left to talk. There's only two teams left. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you want to be the last team standing on top of the mountain, no matter what tournament you're in. So, hey, you know, the guys are rock and rolling, and I'm sure we'll get into that here shortly. I uh, yeah. definitely do want to touch on some, uh, uh, you know, we've got World Cup qualifying, uh, which by the time some of y'all hear this, we will either be celebrating or lamenting. We will find out <laughs> hopefully after uh, tonight. If if we're if we're lamenting, then I don't even know what to tell. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're talking about don't lose 6-0. That, that's literally it. Pretty much, yeah, which kind of a novel thought. You would you would it, hope it that would, doesn't happen. It would be an epic meltdown, though. No, it absolutely would. But, yeah, no, uh, things are good. Um, yeah, but, hey, uh, let's – yeah, you mentioned uh, – let's go ahead and start with softball. So, girls rocking and rolling, we are into conference play now. Yeah, uh, so, uh, well, kind of goofy. I mean, they, they played conference, and then this weekend they're actually out of conference. They're playing uh, Abilene Christian for a, a set at home. Um, but, you know, they have, they've had their series against Georgia, Florida, and Auburn. Um, uh, well, in that exact opposite order, they open with <laughs> Auburn. And then, uh, you know, at Auburn, Florida at home, and then at Georgia. Um, yeah, I thought the the, the first series uh, at Auburn was um, – it was kind of tough. You know, you, you drop all three, so you get swept your opening weekend in conference. So you obviously not, not a great sign, but, right. um, you know, a couple of close games and a couple of good things take away from the games, you know, your get right game during the week. They had uh, played Sam and then, um, and then Florida comes to town. And, you know, I thought that was a really big series and that, that, that Friday night game was, uh, it was brutal. I mean, they, they have Florida beat and they gave it up to the seventh. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have Florida on the ropes and then the next day you go out, you blank Florida. And, uh, and then, you know, Sunday they, they've Florida ran away with the Sunday game, but you feel like you could have won that series. Um, and it, and it goes back to what we talked about, just, um, you know, pitching being solidified, uh, you know, that, that Florida game, because Herzog hits the circle. And I think she ended up being pitcher of the week uh, mm-hmm. for the sec. Um, so she looks like she obviously looks like she's back to health. Um, Grace Uribe looks still a little spotty, maybe. Um, sure. uh, and uh, uh, Kennedy, the the freshman, I I think has shown some bright spots, but right. you know she's a freshman, um, so she's done some, she's done some freshman things, and that that's okay. But I I think she's a promising talent down the road. Uh, and then Kayla Pointer, obviously, is still dealing with an injury, so you don't have your full arsenal in the circle, and and that's tough, especially when you're talking about getting into conference play because the SEC in like every sport obviously is the juggernaut, but um, you know, softball is a little bit more parity amongst conferences. We've said that before, but, um, but SEC softball is just so good. Um, so right now you're sitting at two and seven, uh, two and seven in conference, not the greatest. Um, yeah. uh, you've got a good, you've got a good weekend opportunity against Abilene Christian to, to really just have a, a nice strong weekend. Um, you know, you'd like to see him go out and sweep and you'd like to see him do it you know, in a couple of run rule style. Um, yeah, they're still not, nobody's pitching to Haley Lee. You know, why would they? Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> um, and, and, well, and every time they do, she blasts it over the fence pretty much. So I, I, understandably, they don't pitch to her. Right. But I think I think Ryland Wiggins has been a real uh, real bright spot so far this year. And, um, uh, you know, I, another one that I've really enjoyed watching is Trinity Cannon. Right. Um, I, I think she has, uh, you get to the point where, you know, if you only have one big bat 
you know, lineup, and this is baseball or softball, you know, you can always find a way to pitch around them. But when you can start putting more power up and down the lineup, you know, that's when you have to start pitching to people and you can't always pitch around Haley Lee because you have Trinity Canner, vice versa. And then, um, uh, and, and Shaylee Ackerman is is a hoss. Uh, you know, she's picking pitching back up. Uh, so I, I thought she's been a great addition in the circle. Um, uh, yeah, she had she hadn't pitched in like two or three years or something like that. So for her to be able to, um, or I don't think she's pitched since high school. Maybe that was what it was. Wow. But um, yeah, so for her to be able to pick it back up just shows you what kind of athletic talent she is. So she could be really important, uh, you know, down the line if you know you're still dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, Caleb Pointer being out. And I know in softball, you know, you can throw girls multiple days and, and you know, the pitch counts obviously get a lot higher in softball just because of the more, you know, the more natural uh, arm arm angle for your shoulder. Uh, you know, you, you don't see, you know, the Tommy John stuff in softball, but right. you, you have to have, you got to have more than just Mackenzie Herzog being able to dominate, uh, dominate in the circle. So having Shaley maybe uh, be able to step up and, and be that next arm as, as Grace still gets, still gets back to, the hundred percent and you know and, and you can't you can't rely on a true freshman you know you, you can't be in a spot as a major program and, and have to rely on a true freshman so you know give give her a little buffer and a little room to grow and develop but i still like what i see um despite their their, their conference record being where it is you know at auburn you get swept but i mean I, you know, I get it it's all about results but you know at auburn you get you get swept but you have a couple of tight games um, Florida series, I, I you should have won the Florida series. You, you really should have that. That Friday right. night game was just brutal. Um, and the, the Georgia series though, was kind of all over the place. Um, uh, as far as just kind of how the games went, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, you, you, you get beat Friday, Saturday, you come back and run rule them on Sunday. It's, it's madness. Uh, so, so right. I, I think, I think more than anything, you'd love to see a more consistent performance. The other not, you know, as, as a whole, uh, they're not, playing in conference and getting their doors blown off. You know, you got, um, you know, two one-run games and a three-run game on the road at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose that heartbreaker at home against Florida in the seventh. You blank them, and then, you know, Florida runs away with one. Um, but then your two your two losses against Georgia were, were tight games. So, you, you know, this is uh, – in no way are you writing this team off. I, I think they're maybe hopefully starting to hit a little bit of a stride. Um, I think this is a great weekend to be out of conference, you know, coming off that, uh, the big, you know, the big win, uh, uh, at Georgia on Sunday, as far as, you know, salvaging a game in a series, being able to pull, pull one out at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their midweek got canceled. They were supposed to play, uh, uh, two games of Cougar high, but that got canceled. Um, I don't even know if they're rescheduling it actually, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, you're at home, you've got a non-conference opponent, you know, get right. Um, before LSU comes to town next week. So, you know, it's it's baby step kind of stuff, and I don't know who's going to be at the helm, you know, if, if down the road. I, you know, you don't know right now just the way the program has been lately. But you got to make the tournament. You know, all but one team makes the tournament, right? So, right. Because there's an odd number of uh, – you know, because Vandy doesn't have a softball team. Exactly. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out towards the end. But I mean, you got to think the girls, hopefully um, they're building up some confidence and just uh, continuing to build um, on what has been, you know, maybe a rocky start to conference play, but you've shown a lot of growth and you've done some good things. It's just balancing that with the, you know, the trouble that you've had. Well, it's a rocky start to conference, but you have to realize, you know, the three opponents that they've played, so far in conference combined have 14 losses on the season. Right. You know, Auburn and Georgia, you know, they're, that's you know, Auburn's tied for first with Bama in the conference. Uh, Georgia's right behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida, even though Florida's only five and four in conference, you know, they're 27 and five on the year. You know, right. these are good. These are good programs they've played. And that's why I think you're still, you know, you, you feel good kind of at least the direction you're going. Cause you've got, uh, you know, you get LSU, which is, just above us in the standings, you know, and then you get Tennessee, which is kind of middle of the road. So you've pl- already played a couple of the top teams. So your schedule eases up a bit, you know, the ability to, to put some wins on, on the, you know, on mm-hmm. the conference slate. Um, yeah. You know, you got to play Alabama at some point, but yeah. Um, you know. So, so it, it's, but you know, you got to focus on what's in front of you and, and you know, you're, you're not content, but you're not discouraged, you know, at this point. Right. And there's, and there's room for growth given who you played and, and kind of, and again, I, 
a just a, a tough top of the seventh against Florida away from winning that series. So yeah. Well, it's continued good luck uh, towards our girls. Hopefully they will continue to see some growth and, you know, maybe have a few balls bounce their way. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I gotta be honest, it, and this isn't the only season, you know, that I say this, but uh, you know, having the SEC plus and being able to watch really whatever I want, you know, I'll, I'll have, you know, baseball on one and, and softball on another, or just, you know, being able to actually watch all these games, uh, you know, I, I, I love having that SEC network coverage. Oh yeah. So it's, it's, it's just such a change from, you know, eight, 10 years ago, where when you're talking about anything outside of football and maybe a handful of basketball games, you know, you're not going to watch this. You're just reading press releases. So, well, And that honestly is the beauty of the modern day and with all the various different streaming services and the ability for the schools to have their individual broadcasts, maybe not the top tier all the way around, but at least you're having a chance to watch it and you're not having to deal with pay-per-view or any number of other little issues. You know that there's going to be an opportunity that when you are at home and away at your conference, you will have a chance to watch your guys and gals play whatever sport that they're doing. Yeah, when you're in conference play, when it matters the most, you can watch it if you want to. Which is great. So I've, I've enjoyed I, I think I've only missed uh, maybe two games this year for softball. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like I said, the girls like to see them continue to do some growing and hopefully get some extra series wins down the stretch. And you know what? Maybe surprise a few people before it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, that'll just, you know, that's a TBD kind of thing. It uh, is, and I think at a time it's going to rely on one or two more bats popping up, mm-hmm. and uh, and really the pitch, the pitching has to solidify it. it. It has to. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And while softball's schedule may be lightening up a little bit, it sure feels like the opposite's about to happen to baseball, where it's starting to crank up. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden you're going from. Uh, you know, where you started off your uh, your SEC series, you know, you had LSU, who's, you know, a solid club, and Auburn, and you've know, got Alabama, but then you've got a solid Kentucky team, a solid Georgia team, very good Arkansas team, very good Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss for our series as the rest of the season goes, which is just, uh, it's the same deal. It's just an absolute meat grinder every week. No, I, I mean, it, more so in baseball than it is in softball, because I mean, you do talk about that parity when it comes to softball. You know, they're some of the best programs in the nation aren't in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at baseball, it's it's disturbing the slate that you have to run through in conference. I mean, and, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, you know, blah, 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 all the cliches you want to use, but it's true. You know, you mm-hmm. can go through um, – uh, you know, you can go through and not have a great conference record, but still end up in a regional and probably beating some some teams that that did really well in their conference. And yeah. and you see that sometimes, uh, you know, in basketball in the ACC, like your conference record may not be good, but you're probably a damn good team. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you you know you see that in, in you know in in our in football, you see it in baseball, we're beating up on each other, but we're still mm-hmm. better than the overall majority of the other teams. No, I don't disagree. Uh, so kind of recapping our season up to this point, because, you know, we've, we've done a few little touches here and there, but I mean, you know, kicking off the year, you had a sweep of Fordham took care of business against Lamar. And then you drop what <laughs> at the end of the day is just an absolutely terrible series to lose, which was against Penn. And considering the first game of the series, you know, yet you had a chance and you just couldn't put any runs across. And then you had the bullpen, which, you know, we'll get more into that. Uh, we deserve all the grief we got for losing to Penn. Right. We deserve every bit of the grief. <laughs> I don't disagree. You're talking about a program that does not give out athletic scholarships, and that team came down to an SEC school and beat them, which is Ugh. unacceptable. Still gross just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. And then you have the uh, Frisco College Classic, which, you know, you saw, you know, obviously a good win against Iowa. Um, Washington State, which just kind of came out of nowhere um, as far as a bad loss. It just wasn't a very good one for us. And then you play Wichita State in game three, another game where you had a lead, and unfortunately you lose it. Uh, but then you turn around and have a pretty pretty tightly contested series with Santa Clara, and you pull that one out. 
then you jump into conference play, right? And yeah, granted, I understand. You know, you you know, you lose midweek to Houston, but that's your only midweek loss up to this point. Uh, LSU at this point, uh, you know, you take that series on the road at who was number eight at the time, big win. Uh, huge, huge yeah. series. Absolutely, absolutely huge series, and across the board, it felt like. Um, you know, and really the only game that we lost game, you know, and you know, we had a lead going into it and unfortunately the same problems plagued, but the bullpen did its job in the previous two games. And then unfortunately you come home and those same problems plague whenever you play against Auburn, you know, you lose the first game cause you ran out of gas, but then you win game two in 11 innings. Then you turn around and once again, you ran out of gas in game three on Sunday against Auburn. There, the bullpen is kind of a, it's a really good kind of cross section of this team. Sure. You will see, you know, there's talent. There's not like overwhelming talent, but there's talent. Right. Um, and they will put it together and then they will rip it from you. Mm-hmm. It's some of the, the, the losses have been well past being head scratchers. Um, oh, the kind yeah. of losses where as a lifelong Aggie baseball fan, you're getting distinctly angry with Aggie baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I shoot the rice game midweek for a couple of innings. There yeah. were a lot of people be hacked off and right. Like you don't, it's made it ain't rice of the old days. It ain't. No, yeah. but it's, it's just, there and, and you know what you saw you saw the Sunday result coming, sure. Because you got a pitcher they can't give you four innings, right? And you that, know, and, and that's been you the strategy. Yeah, on Sundays you all you need is like four innings. You're not asking this kid like Friday Saturday where you want, you know you're hoping he goes six plus maybe seven full. You know, on Sunday just give me four good innings and we'll figure the rest out. And he couldn't make it that far. And and you just knew that. Nothing was – it just it couldn't end well. It didn't. Yeah, yeah and that, that's been a bit of a tough point for this team has been – and, you know, we've all seen it, but I think obviously the biggest issue has been um, that it sure seems like in games that we win and games that we will win, uh, you need to have the bats on top of their game, uh, scoring, not leaving runners on base, you know, timely hitting. And then you're going to need your starters to go, you know, six, seven innings deep. Or more, if you know, if you want a legitimate shot at winning a game, it sure feels like we haven't seen a whole lot of this yet. But it sure feels like a lot of the games that are going to take place this this year that we're going to have to win, we're going to have to hit hit double digits in runs pretty consistently in order to win these games. Well, and that that goes twofold. One, you're asking starting pitchers who aren't of the caliber to give you seven plus strong innings every time they go out Friday and Saturday, right? And I mean that's a that's a bear on some of you know some of the best pitchers in college to ask oh, that yeah. over the length of a season. You know, you're, you're just you're wearing on their arms. But then on top of that, or but then you look at uh, on the other side and you see an offense that you're given just a couple of sparks and the right hit here or there, and you turn these lobsters into runs, and you're able to put up that kind of run production. This offense is so close to doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and unlike the last couple of years where, you know, leaving them on base all game, every game, all season long, it just becomes a punchline because you you get people on, you're like, okay, well, this inning's over. Somebody's in, in scoring position. So we're done. <laughs> you know, this, this year, you feel like this team is almost right on the cusp, you know, of, of turning these innings into that massive crooked, you know, crooked number inning. And maybe it's just renewed hope because of a new coach. Maybe it's just because you see these glimpses here and there from this team. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't feel as hopeless of an approach right now. And even when there's, they're still straight and tons of runners on you're you feel like they're just, they're right there. They're just missing something, it's, right. and it's, but it's not big. So I don't know. Hope it's, you know, ugh. It's the hope that kills you. It's a hope's a dangerous thing. You, you, you can't rely on it. But one thing you can rely on is uh, Jack Moss uh, putting on a show and Dylan Rock putting on a show when given an opportunity, Bro. as we found out <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, let's be a little less depressing and let's talk about the game that happened 20 hours ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's jump in on that. So Absolutely and- fantastic game. 
Yeah, so A&M goes into Austin. You know, you're talking Dish Falk Field, the carpet, right? You know, our favorite ballpark in America. Preseason number one program. Yeah, preseason number one, still RPI ranks number three. You're talking a good baseball team. I understand the excuses rolling in, namely, oh, well, we lost our, you know, two of our starting pitchers on the weekends. I'm like, okay, sure, that does happen. Um, we lost – you know, like one of you, know, we don't have Jonathan Childress playing. We don't have a lot of the big bats that have been helpful in the lineup playing. So injuries, season ending or otherwise, are part of the game. And I thought the funniest part was the lead up to this game was the preventative measures that I saw amongst the Texas Longhorn fan base, where they were already preparing for what they were thinking was an inevitable loss because they kept saying, ah, this game doesn't matter that much. This game is a meaningless Tuesday game. It only matters if you win in June. You're going to be sitting around watching us play in Omaha, et cetera, et cetera. The same crap we hear every single year. However, we go into your house and took a dump on your carpet. Yeah, it, look, it, and I'll be honest, like they're they're pitching losses for their staff. I mean, that's brutal. It is. It's not um, great. Um, but we, I mean, we walked in, and honestly, I was on the other end. I'm like, yeah, you know, I hope they give them a good game. Maybe we eke one out, but I really wasn't expecting to win. I can hate the Sips all I want to, and I can also say that they're a really good baseball team. I agree. Um, I now, think I'm starting. To, I'm starting to question that statement. Or maybe I'm starting to question how good maybe they really are. And I get it. One Tuesday game, one, you know, a Tuesday, whatever. But, but okay. So they don't, they don't have their pitching that, that, you know, a lot of their preseason hype relied on. Mm-hmm. And now it seems that they can't see, they can't figure it out. You know, they've got pitchers that are, they're letting guys walk. You know, that tech series was just a wonderful display of what we all laugh about sometimes when it comes to Texas sports, mm-hmm. a walk-off ceiling of home. Yeah. It, it, a, a walk-off grand slam. So the first one is 1000% avoidable. The second one, you make a bad pitch, do barrels it up. It is what it is. Yeah. But at that point you're getting into like, you're talking about needing the sports psychologist to come out because you eke one out of that series on the road at Lubbock, who, by the way, Texas tech is a good baseball team as well. Oh, yeah. But inexcusable to be walked off with that team stealing home base. Just well, literally inexcusable. That's as Bush League, like little league as it gets. Well, and the thing is, you look at Texas and you got to wonder just how broken of a program they are in their head right now. Only because, I mean, if you go back and look at what's been going on with them, you know, they played that really, really top level. Uh, you know, they played some top level series and have done very, very well. Uh, especially at the start of the year, you know, creaming SEC teams sure felt like almost every freaking week. And for whatever reason, all of a sudden you go in, you know, after sweeping Alabama and you take care of business gets rice. um, And then you go into that Shriners, you know, classic, you take care of a really, really good Tennessee team. I mean, they're number one right now. That, that closure they have is unreal. I I don't even know. I don't know why he's in college. So you take care of Tennessee, you take care of LSU, both handily, mind you, and then you lose a game to UCLA, lose one of your two with Texas State, which was a tightly contested Tuesday-Wednesday series between the two of them. They almost dropped them both. Yeah, and then you go on the road and lose two of three to an up-and-down South Carolina team, lose to College of Charleston. Who the hell is that? Right. And then, okay, cool. Yeah. You go sweep incarnate word in a series. Yeah. You played incarnate word in a freaking series. Congratulations. You swept them. But then you lose two or three to tech. Yeah. Congratulations. You run ruled them in game three. Who cares? You lost the first yeah. two, which is what matters. You lost, you lost the series. And, and I mean, tech might end up winning the big 12. I don't know if, I don't know if they're good enough to do it, but they might win the regular season big 12, but yeah. Or they could be a team that wins the conference. I think Tech, uh, you know, it, from what I see from afar, uh, you know, it, Tech's a good baseball team. But, and, but the midweek game, uh, you know that they're coming in and it's like pitcher by committee, right? 
Yeah. Well, it's pitcher by committee for both teams. So really it's just going to yeah. be who can barrel up the bat, who can produce runs. That's really what it came down to because their bullpen should out talent our bullpen. They should. Um, so really the only thing that was maybe a bit of a coin flip was uh, the starters. Since, you know, you kind of got this random swing around Tuesday starter guy, whoever you're going to mm. throw on the mound type thing. And I thought one of the best moves on the planet was Sloss coming out there in the first inning and being like, you ain't got it, dog. And like, yeah. I know that stinks for the kid. It stinks for the kid, but we got out of that inning without it being a complete nightmare. And that first inning could have gone south real quick. And that changed the whole game. Well, I mean, you talk about it. I mean, the poor kid gave up, was responsible for four hits and two runs. And one of them earned. And, you know, that's a tough way to start a game. But then you, you make a quick switch. Brad Rudis comes in there and, you know, limits damage. And then Hector Raleigh came in and put in three solid innings of work, earns the win. Chris Cortez came in and pitched two and two-thirds. And once again, a little bit of redemption for him. And then I thought the baller move, and I don't care what anybody thinks about this, but the baller move of bringing in Micah Dallas to pitch the last inning to close it out, like we know what this game means. We're going to go win it. That was ballsy, and and I was proud of it. And no matter what either fan base wants to say about a Tuesday game, if Texas had been in that situation, it would not have shocked me for David Pierce to do something along the same lines. Like, let's close it out. This game does matter. And we'll play baseball, and however this game goes is how it's going to go. But if we're in line to win it, I'm going to win it. Well, think about this. I I mean, think about this for a minute. You have had four straight regular season wins now. For Texas A&M over Texas, three three straight overall, but I mean in the regular season at this point, A&M has gone out there and taken down Texas twice at their ballpark, and not to mention they set a regular season record again for a game at their ballpark. Both yeah, of their well, regular least- season like yeah records have been against us. Well, at least they actually get to pay, play their their real rival, you know, the one they actually care about. Maybe they'll have good attendance for OU. Well, they're going to be playing up at uh, Globe Life, which is going to be interesting. That's that's a new thing this year. Uh, they're playing up at uh, Globe Life, so that'll be really interesting. For, for a conference series, they're playing in Globe Life. Yep. I like that as much as I like neutral site college football games. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, they're more or less just out here trying to pull a, you know. It's a Red River shootout, but on the diamond. But on the diamond. And the thing is, for me, you're, you're going to have a extremely empty ballpark. I mean, yeah, you'll have some Texas fans there. You might have a few OU fans there. But I think one of the best things about college baseball is playing on your own diamond, having your own atmosphere. Granted, I understand people say what they want about the Texas atmosphere, but it was hopping yesterday, mostly because we were there. But it was hopping. Yeah, you- no, it's – I, I hate that neutral side crap. Like the, the invitationals earlier in the year are different because it's not like conference wins and losses aren't on the line. Right. You know, so, exactly. I mean, a neutral, that's, that's basically a neutral site conference game. Which is stupid. It's just like the Red River. I mean, at least the Red River shootout has history to it, you know, playing in the Cotton Bowl and 50% burn orange and 50% crimson. But, right. Like, whatever, man. But, but it, you know, we digress before we go down the road of talking about Big 12 baseball, which I a, just could not give less of a shit about and B, don't know. And I don't know because revert back to A. Right. Um, but uh, I solid win, though, man. You, you love going out there and beating a good team and, and doing it on the road. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You know, you went on the road and beat RPI number three. Who cares if it just so happened to be a burnt orange team that was – that happened to be that opponent, you beat them. And that's a huge confidence boost. And you got to think that the guys are feeling pretty good. Yeah. My big focus now is you're, you got to go on the road to Tuscaloosa and you got to play an Alabama team who I won't say is great, but that's a team that you need to go out there and beat. Well, you just, you've got to look at every weekend as you have to win series. Like, don't worry about sweeping a weekend. Mm-hmm. Focus on, you know, focus on your Friday nights because your Friday nights, you know, obviously this is what it sets up the mode or sets up the mood for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming off a big win. 
Although I'll tell you what, though, the whole, you know, beat number three RPI, it's a great win for later down the road for, you know, our, our postseason argument. But sure. I don't care if they were 300th RPI, I want to beat them. <laughs> but uh, you, you've you got to just start stacking series wins. Uh, you, you have to. And, and and I think if they can get to a, a point where they make a substantial dent and, and get into, you know, a regional or maybe even get close to possibly hosting a regional, um, you really have to you, uh, like you have to maybe move that timeline up for whatever you know you you had for Sloss turning this program around or mm-hmm. maybe taking it to the next level, I guess if you want to put it that way. But um, so it, just got to start stacking series wins, man. It's all about just take care of Alabama, and we'll talk about the next. Right, exactly. Just go out there, take care of business against Alabama. Uh, yep, yeah, two or three, right? That's all it really Two or matters. three. I don't, I don't care how they come. Two or three. Yep. And that go, that goes back to that to that to softball series against Florida. Mm-hmm. If you're able to not collapse in the top of the seventh on that Friday, you win that series. It doesn't matter what happens on Sunday. Oh yeah. So you know, this this why those Friday starts are just so incredibly important, not just for you know the obvious reasons, but there's a mental thing. You know, going in yeah. knowing you don't have to win back to back games to to eke out the series win. Mm-hmm. So. Well, let's say things are moving in the right direction. Hopefully the boys will uh, pull out a series win and just keep on rocking and rolling. So, like I said, can't, can't. If, pitcher, if the pitching's going to let you down, just start bringing those runners home. I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> just just hit. I don't care. What are the other pitch well or score? I don't care. I don't care if it's a football score as long as we have one more run than they do, right? Yeah. Old school college baseball games. We're winning like 17 to 13. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Just win. Just win, baby. The games are already four and a half hours long, anyways. You may as well put up more runs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, one other, uh, so kind of moving, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, one particular sporting event that um, uh, I'm pretty excited about coming up. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll come to that one here in a minute. But obviously, NIT, right? You yes. Know? Right. So let's jump in on the NIT talk for a minute. The Aggies are playing like a team that should have been in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> playing fantastic basketball it's an man you know we i'll admit you know on this podcast you know we ragged on them a little bit there in the middle when they were struggling with those uh when you lose for a month it's you can be a bit of a target and that's okay yeah exactly so you know you had a, a rough stretch and then you turn around you make a good run in the tournament in the SEC tournament, come up just a frog hair short, and it's not enough to get you in the tournament. Do you sit around and cry about it, or do you go and lay your thing down on the table and tell them, All right, fine, we'll do it this way? And the boys decided to go with option B, and it's been absolutely uh, incredible watching how good they've been playing. Well, and I think this is one of those examples where the team just truly has taken on the persona of, of their coach and yeah. in that, you know, even during the eight game win streak, you know, they're, you know, they, in, instead of getting down in the dumps and just let it kind of take over the rest of their season, they kind of focused inward, mm-hmm. you know, focus on each other, control what we can control. Don't worry about, you know, anything else but us and just keep grinding and going and, and what they turned this season around into, I, I think is unbelievable. Uh, I know we'd all love to be, you know, would have loved for for us to make the tournament and have a little March Madness fun. Um, But if you're not going to do it, man, win the NIT, you know, and and make it to where your last basketball game, you get to set the terms on when your last game is, not because you lose. And, you know, so the finals are what, tomorrow night at seven in Madison Square Garden? Yeah, tomorrow night against Xavier. Yeah, I tell you what, I've flipped on the Xavier – St. Bonaventure game just a little bit just out of curiosity right. and I flipped on the first half and, it, and Xavier was uh, just kind of smoking the Bonnies right. um, uh, but it, you know it turns out St. Bonaventure came back and made it a game so I don't really know what to think I don't know anything about Xavier basketball but I do know that you know kind of going in line with what I was just saying I, I know what I see out of A&M I know what they're capable of yeah so, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the boys are probably I mean I think we'll see similar kind of thought process um, with the way a lot of the games have been, which is maybe not like the fastest of starts. You know, maybe we're not going to come out and punch you right in the mouth, but the guys will get into the flow of the game, 
and once they take over, you're done. I was I was surprised that they ended up beating Washington State by as much as they did. I honestly, I, they I thought, I, you know, it was such a tight game, and it, and you feel like this team, as long as they can hold on and keep it close while they're finding their groove for the opponent they're playing. Once they find that groove, it, you know, you, you like it, you know, you love it. And as long as they don't lose focus and you know give up eighteen point leads, you know, as long as they stay focused. And I think we've seen a lot more of that focus, obviously, um, but. Uh, I, they they just control the game and they just kind of run away with it. It's great to see. Yeah, it no, is, it's, it's, they are they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun team to watch, and it just seems like you know every single game somebody else is stepping up and somebody else is taking the reins and going up and saying, you know what, I'm going to do a jam. I'm going to go right up the middle. I'm going to contribute. And it's like I said, it's kind of a beautiful thing to not know who's going to be that guy every day. Yeah, it's Q and who is basically how you how you look at the game exactly q and who which you know that's gonna suck for next year when q know when q can't come back but i'm telling you if you got to be careful with this team here in the future you got to think especially if they end up i mean even if they don't pull off you know winning the nit you got to look at texas a&m and say man those guys are on a mission Buzz is building something and if and if from outside of college station and outside the sec that narrative picks up, mm-hmm. then you then you then you know that we're headed in in the right direction as a program. You know, when everybody's looking, hey, what's a, what do you think AM's gonna do next year? You win the NIT and that talk preseason will be there, there will be that. Well, they don't have Q, but they bring back, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it's no I, different than it's no different than football, even though you struggled a little bit last year uh compared to what the previous season was, people are still looking at Texas AM football as being on the up and up people looking at AM baseball and saying like, okay, yeah, you know, it's a rebuild year, but they just got a new coach. Uh, you know, you had a guy who for the first coach since Tom Chandler to beat Texas the first time, like A&M's moving in the right direction in, I would say at least all three male sports, major male sports. You got to think that they're moving in the right direction. Big time hire for women's basketball. Oh, huge, massive. Yeah, Joni Taylor, big. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big hire and um, big fan of hers. Like I, I liked her before, and, and I understand that. Um, yeah, I understand you're not going to go out and money whip somebody. And again, the boards love having this. We just need to go money whip Vic from Texas. It just please stop. Like it just stop. You know, it, we're gonna we're gonna trust. And we're gonna see what kind of hire that Ross makes. You know, because mm-hmm. now we're getting the, you know, Ross, this is Ross's job. This is what he's brought here to do, among mm-hmm. other things. But his main job is to hire the proper head coaches and then support those coaches so they can have successful programs. That is every sport at A&M. Yep. So when there's a hire, we're, we're starting to see what Ross can do. And I loved this hire. So I um, agree. You, I'm right there with you. Yeah, Schloss. It, it's so uh, I, I think women's basketball is in great hands. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I saw that uh, her point guard, I believe, entered the transfer portal, so we might be getting a point guard out of the deal too. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. I was like, "Oh, well, someone's chasing yeah. coach." Yeah, it happened quick. <laughs> like we announced it, and then I like within an hour, I think I saw the other tweet. But uh, oh yeah, same day for sure. Pretty damn quick. But no, I, I'm I'm hopefully optimistic. In softball, I'm cautiously optimistic in baseball. Right. Um, and I'm really optimistic for women's basketball. And I'm really optimistic. I'm, I'm really optimistic for both basketball programs. I am. Yeah, I completely agree. I think basketball is going to be fine. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see the growth of, of, I mean, it almost has the feeling of kind of that mid 2000s, like, you know, Mark Turgeon era, where all of a sudden, you know, Reed's becoming a destination. And people are yeah. wanting to go there. And you know what? If people are getting into read, you know, whatever it takes to get people into read, that's awesome. I'll admit I'm kind of one of the worst about it because I'll have XYZ things going on and I really can't make it very often. But I love to see the guys go and people show up and support. That's what I want to see. Well, you, well, you turn it into a program where people want to go. And so to where you're constantly, like consistently opening the second deck. And we've talked about this. Read is like, Super duper crappy for basketball. It just oh, is. It's, it's, yeah. it's an event venue. It's not a sports venue. 
but you make do with what you have. And when we pack Reed, Reed is a fun, fun atmosphere. It really is. And and yeah. I think between between those two coaches, between those two programs, you know, they can build something to where going to basketball games is a thing again at Texas A and M because it hasn't been for a while. Well, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people kind of felt the same way about Jolly Raleigh whenever it was around, right? It wasn't the biggest arena, but you know what? It was hopping whenever it was going back in the day. Dude, the Holler House was legit. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a great venue. I'm really kind of d- disappointed I never got a chance to experience, just like I never really got to experience Olsen before the major renovations, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> uh, I would love to experience yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, all things change. It's an arms race, whether we like change, like, like or want the change or not. It's an arms race, it you know, and so much of that, so much of that feeds into recruiting. So you just, you know, as much as we love the old stuff, you, you've got to, you got to keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to attract players and coaches. Yeah, I mean, nothing quite like hopping in on a thread and you know Texas talking about how it's one of the largest regular season crowds they had, and the first three comments from Mississippi State fans being like, "Ha, huh, that's a cute number." I'm like, congratulations, oh. you don't have a professional baseball program, so you have to make do with your college ones. Sorry about yeah, you. Yeah, but Dooley <laughs> Noble is legit, dude. <laughs> oh, it's a great ballpark. I'm not saying it's not. But you've got to understand what Mississippi State and, Mississippi and Ole Miss baseball means to those states, whereas Texas has the Rangers and the Astros as their big baseball you don't have big baseball no, in Mississippi. It's like Nebraska football. Of course, they sold it out every year for the last 90 years. There's shit else to do in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, what are you going to do? Go to Kansas City? Go watch the Chiefs? Yeah, you do drive to Kansas. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for baseball, though. I think maybe maybe we'll be able to look back at, at uh, even though it was a meaningless Tuesday game. Uh, maybe we'll be able to look back and say, hey, that was a bit of a turning point for these guys mentally to prove that they can because it's, it's a good Texas team and it's a ranked Texas team. And that's that's how they need to look at that. That's kind of putting a feather in your cap, not just being able to beat a, you know, old old rival down the road. But uh, it's a good win. You know, being able to beat a good, yeah, it's, a, it's a good win. It is. It, you know, it's a, your standard quad one win for basketball, right? Exactly. You want you want that quad one win. You got it. Um, so now as we move forward, uh, one other thing I did want to touch on, I'm, you know, we're going to put this out same day, um, for anybody that does have a chance to listen, uh, we do have a very big match for the U S men's soccer team tonight. They're playing against Costa Rica and assuming we don't lose five, I think it's officially five nil now. I think it's five. Oh, is it? It's five now because we gave up that one goal. But it, as long as the U.S. doesn't lose five, like by five goals, we're going to make the World Cup. Dude, if we lose by five goals. We don't need I'm to done. worry about the we, <laughs> we just need We just need to fold up the men's program and everybody can look look down their family tree and figure out where in Europe they came from or where in, in the world they came from and just, just start supporting that team. Yeah. Oh, I'll be I'll be a three lions or a German German fan. I'm, S- same here. I'm telling you, tell you if we if we blow if we somehow blow this tonight, I am done. Yeah, I don't think no, we will. No, I don't should, think we will. They should make it and, and and the unfortunate part is we're putting so much emphasis on it when you know when we shouldn't be. We should be in the World Cup every every time, but we failed to qualify last year and now yeah, last you, know, you have to completely. Yeah, you have to completely. Yeah, last last World Cup, you have to completely overturn the entire system to qualify well, for the World Cup. Yeah, and I and I think the thing was for us this time around, which you know, you start off a little slow, but a lot of the youth has gotten pretty tight. They're playing really well, and I get it. You know, for whatever reason, Canada came out of nowhere this time around. That's that has oh, been impressive. Very impressive. So, and you're going to get those. You're going to get, uh, you know, a Panama that's just playing out of their mind. You're going to get a Costa Rica that's playing out of their mind or Canada or whoever. The, at the end of the day, there's two top tiers in CONCACAF consistently, and that's the United States and Mexico. So as long as you are not, you know, sub below that line, you're going to be okay. The U.S. as it stands is already, I mean, we're in there and somebody made a really interesting point to me and I saw it and I had to share it on Twitter, but they're talking about how if you forfeit 
it's automatically a three nil loss. I saw that. So why don't you just forfeit and go to the world cup? I know it's not good gamesmanship, but I don't give a shit about that. Let's go to the world cup. Well, well, I saw that. Um, such a dick. Uh, one, it's awful gamesmanship. Two, personally, like as a governing body, I would bar us from the World Cup for doing that. I think for Uh-oh. the U- I think for the U.S. though, if if we're being perfectly honest, it's good. It would be good for us to go ahead and take care of things against Costa Rica because here's the deal: if you do beat them on the road and Canada loses, all of a sudden you have goal differential on your side. You could jump Canada in the points. Yeah, there's 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 still stuff to gain in this. There so is. that's why you play. Exactly. Like if you go out there and you beat, you know, Costa Rica, whatever your score is, and Canada loses, you have goal differential on your side. You could jump Canada and that would help in your seeding and get you a kind of a better draw in the World Cup. It matters. Try yeah, try to avoid the group of death. Exactly. Whatever that'll be this year. Yeah, uh, anybody who plays with Belgium. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, while I understand the logic behind that, just to secure your bid to the World Cup, there is plenty to play for. So, yeah, I mean, you got to play, you got to play to win. Um, obviously, you know, if you get guys some, some, you know, some earlier subs, you know, give some guys a little bit of room on their legs. Cause I don't think you end up having a problem with Costa Rica tonight. Yeah. That's just my, just my two cents. Yeah. Costa Rica, I mean, here's the deal. I, I foresee a draw out of this at probably best us traditionally has struggled at costa rica so i think if you go into this match and you just play a tight defensive game you know force mistakes possibly counter that's probably your best bet to get goals in this particular match it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out but i personally don't foresee us conceding that many goals Knock on wood. I mean, if you start getting even moderately close to that occurring, you just put six at the back and be done with it. Exactly. No, but I mean, you don't want to go out and play for the draw, though. No. As a West Ham man, I can tell you, watching clubs play for draws ends poorly. So, you know, if you get up 1-0, push to get up Mm 2-0. If you're up 2-0, you can get to three right on. You can not let off the gas, but you can be more conservative and start doing the things that non-soccer fans hate, you know, the, the pass back and around at midfield and just possession, you know, possession football. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's, and you guys are, uh, are in the club watching it somewhere here in town. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. So the U S um, American outlaws supporters group will be watching the match uh, tonight over at world of beer over at North point crossing. Uh, we will be down there. Uh, game starts about eight o'clock. So we would love to see uh, a good little crowd out there. And that's where we will be meeting, assuming everything works out. That's where World Club watch parties will be held, uh, hosted. Um, I would be focusing in on doing it at the corner like we used to, but the problem is ownership's been less than helpful across the board for us. Uh, whatever reason, we don't know why. But anytime we try to host a watch party or whatever, they say, well, every single other sporting event in our bar takes precedent over soccer. And that's not the point of what we're trying to get. So with uh, World of Beer, they have been very gung-ho saying like, yeah, no, we want to have you guys out there. We want to put the games on. Heck, you know, if we get to the point down the stretch here where we've got some early games in the premier league that are going to matter down the stretch, we will host parties. Right on. Yeah. I looking to watch one or two at walk-ons too. Yeah. I mean, walk-ons would be a lot of fun too. Yeah. I watched a couple of football matches there, but all right. So big series for baseball and a kind of a get right series for softball this weekend. Um, so, and then obviously tomorrow night, you know, Thursday night is a uh, NIT championship mm-hmm. and 7 PM, you know, they're playing the, the super late game. Like they had to last night. Right. Um, so 7, 7 PM, I believe 7, I believe 7 PM our time. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll so. be all right. So once again, uh, sporting events to keep an eye on this week, uh, watch, uh, U uh, us men playing tonight, 
Um, then you've got NIT tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, softball, baseball going at it. Baseball's the, on the road, aren't they? Yeah, baseball's on the road. So um, Yeah, softball's just, at home. Softball's at home. So if you have a chance, go check them out. Yeah, if you're in town, go to Davis Diamond. Go to Davis Simon. They love your support. And then on top of that, we will uh, – this weekend we're playing at Cheatham Street. And then uh, we will be playing at a Tarleton alumni event Saturday with skeet shooting, crawfish, and good times. So that will be fun. Also open bar. That does sound like a hoot, actually. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Uh, not you – know, no pun intended on the skeet shooting. Should be fun. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, so everything's right. good on my front. But, yeah, I mean, you got anything else going on? No, man, just slamming away with with, with the job. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's it feels like summer's a million miles away, and it also feels like it's right around the corner. You know, summer comes, and I've got I've got bowling nationals in Vegas. I've got a family trip to Texoma, and mm-hmm. I'm going to try and, you know, now that the weather seems to be stabilizing, and uh, if gas prices will go down a little bit, uh, start taking the boat out a little bit more regularly. Mm-hmm. And no, you're not invited. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, no, like just spinning it out to Lake Bryan, you know, just getting in the water and having yeah. some fun with it. That'd be nice. That'll be good to get back out on the water. I know the boys. Uh, I'm just ready for the warm weather, man. Yeah, the boys want to are ready for a river trip. I'm like, I'm not down. I'm I'm down. I'd love to do it. We're yeah, it's to- time to start making those plans, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If I have any free weekends, that is. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's yeah. You you play, and I end up, you know, I end up working. I'm like, hey, man, we're gonna go camping this weekend. Then I end up showing three houses and and yeah. you know <laughs> doing reports on five others. Exactly. But yeah, that's a nice thing. Maybe I can start taking the boat on like Monday, so I know I'll be the only dude on the water. Maybe this right. may work out for me. Exactly. <laughs> well, so, hey, other than that, man, yeah, y'all have a a wonderful weekend and enjoy this beautiful weather. Now that the rain moved through this morning. Exactly. Yeah, enjoy the weather. Go out there, live a little bit. Uh, if you can get out to any of these number of sporting events, come watch a concert, do something, just have a good time. Yeah, get out to Davis Diamond if you can. Other uh, than that, what is it? So it's gosh, it's beat the hell out of Xavier, huh? Beat the hell out of Xavier. That'd be good. All right, we'll be back at it next week. Uh, after we're planning on doing these after the midweek games, so we can kind of do weekend slash midweek recaps. Exactly. So we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Yep. After. Yeah, well, uh, Lord, Lord willing. Yeah. <laughs> after after uh, Texas State. Yep. Yeah. After Texas State. So right. y'all have a good one. Gigum. God bless. Beat the hell out of Xavier. Beat the hell out of Bama. Everybody. Just beat the hell out of literally everybody. Literally. Just walk down the street. Go find your neighbor. Beat the hell out of him, too. Just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) A little disclaimer. We're not responsible. This was not insightful. (laughs) No. No, we're not. I'm not yelling fire in a a crowd theater. So. Everybody be good. Uh, Go take care, guys. Gigum. Gigum.